Welcome to Self-Proclaimed Intellectual. You've just got to smile and hang out with intelligent people. Hey, Travis. Hey, Adam. Hey, I'm Adam Dreher. And I'm Travis Lane. Did we do that on our last last podcast? I think we said Adam and Travis at least. Okay. Splice it in, man. Uh, nope. <laughs> it's got to be real. <laughs> Travis. Yes, sir. Have you ever met an alien? Um, What do you mean by alien? An extraterrestrial. And what do you mean by terrestrial? Something that is living that has not originated from our planet. And what do you mean by extra <laughs> you just don't know how you No, i i uh i sure haven't adam he's, what is extraterrestrial like he's terrestrial just more terrestrial he's he's way yeah you know it's just extraterrestrial like a like a real proud earth person are we terrestrial i i guess and so national pride planetary <laughs> pride what would it take for me to be extra that's right go that little extra bit for there's no beast like ordinary versus extraordinary <laughs> huh all right, so what are we talking about today? <laughs> so we're going to talk about what I and, I, and I I said this to you, and I'll say it to our viewers. I think this will be one of my, this has been, as far as researching, one of the most interesting um, topics we've covered so mm-hmm. far. We're gonna I found have a lot of really fun. We're going to have a lot of, there's a lot in here, yeah. and we're going to have a lot of emotional ups and downs, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. like the excitement of well, what could our civilization look like in a thousand years, or the realization what's going to kill us all? Yeah, the realization how terribly... <laughs> unimpressive my iphone is yeah exactly in the grand scheme of things (laughs) oh well all right well we're gonna talk about a thing called the fermi paradox okay and what is the fermi's paradox we'll we'll get there before we before i tell you what the fermi's paradox is i would just like to go over some stats with you all right okay so fermi's paradox definitely has to you know it has to do with outer space and things so what i first want to go over is um I guess more of the question is, is is Earth special kind of thing? Are there any other Earths out there? Okay. There's a lot of stuff in the news about trying to find Earth-like planets. Sure. And so mm-hmm. um, let me let me run some stats down for you. We got this from a, a similar, a same website we used a few times ago called Wait But Why, who do a fantastic job of outlining this stuff. So we're gonna we're gonna steal from them heavily at least here at the beginning. Um. So let me read to you just a paragraph here. As many stars as there are in our galaxy, a hundred to four hundred billion. There are roughly an equal number of galaxies in the observable universe. So far, so for every star in the colossal Milky Way, there's a whole galaxy out there. Altogether, that comes to um, out to the typically quoted range between 10 to the 22nd to 10 to the 24th total stars, which doesn't even get close to grams. <laughs> right. Right. We suck. <laughs> this universe even, is terrible. It's not even <laughs> impressive anymore. Which uh, means that for every grain of sand on on every beach on Earth. There are 10,000 stars out there. So there are um, a lot of stars. That's a colossal amount of stars. A yes. lot of stars. Um, uh, the science world, so so what they do there now is they're gonna, what we're going to start doing is kind of cutting it down. Mm-hmm. So that's to the total see. number of stars <clears throat> of any type, of yes. any size, of any, okay. Mm-hmm. And we're going to start cutting it down to see what, what how many of stars, like our stars there are out there, and then planets, and kind of see how many Earth-like planets there might be. Gotcha. Now, I realize a lot of this is statistics, and they're just grabbing numbers. What they do is... You know, he talks about, um, well, in the next part, he says, which, how many of those stars are, are Earth-like stars? Mm-hmm. And he says it's estimated between 5 and 20% are. And what he goes with is the lower. He goes with 5%. And okay. on most of these, they Being go with the lower Conservative, sure, yes. okay. So he says 5%. So how many does that leave, leave us? Um, 500 quintillion or 500 billion billion sun-like stars. Okay. And so then he cuts it down to how many Earth-like planets are there. Um, 
And basically, uh, some say it's as high as 50%, some say it's 22 He kind of cuts it down. Ends with a total of around 100 billion billion Earth-like planets. Or 100 Earth-like planets for every grain of sand in the world. Which is quite a lot. And the observable a lot of, universe. A lot of that's, potential there. That's in the observable universe. Uh-huh. Okay. And then he breaks it down to, um, and he says and he says here, at this point we're going to purely speculative. We don't actually have data sure. on this. Um, <clears throat> imagine if only 1% of those planets, the life advances to an intelligent level as it does here on Earth. That would mean there are about 10 quadrillion or... 10 million billion intelligent civilizations <laughs> in the observable universe. And moving back to our galaxy, if we do the exact same math, we approximately have an estimate of 1 billion Earth-like planets and 100,000 intelligent civilizations in our galaxy alone. All right, so I guess, so, Adam, that begs the question then. Where are they, right? <laughs> Fermi's, that brings us to Fermi's. Based off of those, you know, those numbers, those what scientists have kind of rolled out um, with that many intelligent civilizations in our galaxy. Uh, it talks about SETI, the mm-hmm. search for extraterrestrials. Mm-hmm. How many have they found? Uh, just one. Us. Just us. <laughs> just us. <laughs> and so the Fermi's paradox is with that incredibly high probability of intelligent civilizations out there, where is everybody? Right. And that is Fermi's paradox. Where is everybody? There you go. That's pretty simple, right? That's right. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about, um, there are a lot of aspects to Fermi's paradox. There There's are. a lot of theories um, and ideas for what could be wrong, why we're not hearing anything mm-hmm. from anybody else. Um, yeah, it's fascinating to me because yeah. there's so many facets of this. Um, let's just dive and, right in. Well, and to me, it's not even, Fermi's paradox isn't what's fascinating to me. It's the theories of why, of right. the, the answers, why, right. what it is. And so. everything we're talking about today is completely assumed, basically. It's completely yeah. supposed <clears throat> or theorized because yeah. no matter what we do, we've only got <laughs> one case study, humanity. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that makes it inherently difficult to, it does. to go from there. So basically, what you know, after that, what we, we jump almost instantly into is uh, the Kardashev scale. All right. So <laughs> the Kardashev scale is kind of a theoretical um, tiering of civilizations. And let's uh, let's listen to a video from theoretical physicist Michio Keku, Keku. who's also a huge science fiction fan. He, he <laughs> loves talking about this stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, and we'll hear him describe what the three different types of advanced civilizations are. Miguel, you ask an interesting question about the future of civilization itself. Nikolai Kardashev, a a Soviet uh, astrophysicist in the 1960s, was frustrated trying to analyze signals from intelligent life in outer space. What are we looking for? So he began to rank civilizations on a scale of type 1, type 2, type 3. A type 1 civilization is truly planetary. They absorb all the light coming in from their mother star. And they control all planetary forms of energy. For example, they might be able to modify the weather. They may not be able to control earthquakes and volcanoes. That's type one. A type two civilization is stellar. They control the entire energy output of a star. Type three is galactic. They control the energy output of the entire galaxy. Now to put things into perspective, Flash Gordon or Buck Rogers would would be living in a type one civilization where they control all forms of planetary energy. They can simply rock it anywhere on the planet Earth at ease. 
Type two might be Star Trek. The Federation of Planets has only colonized a few neighboring planetary systems. They can barely manipulate the energy output of a single star. So the Federation of Planets would be type two. But even Captain Picard and, and uh, William Shatner live in fear of a type three galactic civilization, and that is the Borg, or the Empire of the Empire Strikes Back, or the aliens of Independence Day. They would be truly galactic in scope, able to harness the energy of black holes, for example. And there might even be type four. Type four is extra galactic. Uh, for example, on Star Trek, we have the Q. The Q might be a candidate for a type four civilization. All right, so there's, from what, I had never, I had never read anything about the type four. Everything I researched said type one, two, and three. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, <clears throat> now, before we go, Farther into it, like type one. Well, let's talk about where we are. Mm -hmm. What are we? Are we even a type one? So Carl Sagan talked about this a little bit, and back uh, back when he was alive and functioning as a as a <laughs> yeah. public figure scientist, yeah. I guess he estimated that we are a type zero point seven. Okay, that's and what I've I found seen, too. I've seen around <laughs> zero point seven two. So um, some things that uh, that distinguish a type one civilization that we have achieved. Uh, the internet is a great instance of a global communication system. Okay. We're more connected, you know, globally than we've ever been. Yeah. Uh, Michio Keku says the European Union is, for instance, uh, becoming, you know, a global uh, nation instead of separate sub-nations not working in correspondence. Okay. Uh, he says the Olympics are yeah. a sign of, you know, these are all these nations from the world over coming together in cooperative fashion. Uh, now, and the type one is is being able to use the power on your planet. That's right. And you can see that too. We have you know we have geothermal power, power. We have solar power. We have wind power. Um, so we get, we're definitely accessing a lot on there. Yeah, and exactly. Uh, you know, we're actually starting to harness some of the power of our home star uh, yeah. that hits our planet. And yeah. so again, planetary uh, is that first level, right? Uh -huh. So when we are able to basically. Type zero, we're burning fossil fuels. We're using dead yeah. plants and animals, non-renewable things. But we're starting to see a transition to renewable things that are given to us by our planet, by our home star. What I was, what I really liked about this one was great. Is it was kind of a knockdown to us because <laughs> right. we're like, always come so on, type three, type we're three. So, we're so amazing. <laughs> it's America. Yeah, rocket ships. And I'm like, oh, we're not even in type one. Uh, we got a decimal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not even type one yet. Uh -huh. yeah. Oh well. Yep. Yep. Good for us. So okay. So we're we're in the process of becoming a type one civilization according yep. to this Kardashev yep. scale. And I really liked uh, his examples. Some of them I liked. Some of them I didn't like. Of the other ones, I think the Federation from Star Trek is a great example because you know they have some colonies yeah. that are active. They have some. Uh, it's kind of like the European Union of planets, right? Yes. They yes. have they have some yep. uh, planets some races that are yep. involved in this, but it's not everybody. They're not yeah. like, you know, galactic mm -hmm. scale. Um, as far as the type three, I preferred the example uh, of the Empire from yes. Star Wars yeah. to the to the Borg. Yeah. Um, because, you know, obviously they are a, a governing body yeah. that integrates the entire intelligent species of a galaxy. Uh -huh. uh, so that's a classic type three yeah. civilization there. Yeah, I... I um... <clears throat> now, one thing that... He didn't say in his video, which I liked because I also, you know, they seem on the type the civilization scale to really focus on the power resources. Mm -hmm. um, and what I I find interesting on type two, which you've talked about before, is the Dyson sphere. Right. Yeah. 
So explain to us what that is. Okay, so the Dyson Sphere is a theoretical, it's it's a mega engineering project. Uh, if yeah. you just go to Wikipedia and look up mega <laughs> engineering, you'll find all bunch, you know, whole kinds of cool stuff. Yeah. Um, and what it is is it's it's a ball that you build around a star yeah. because that star is sending out uh, energy, you know, radiation and light in all directions, 360 degrees every mm. direction. We're getting such a, a puny part of it on Earth. That's right. So yeah. we're getting this teeny tiny sliver, and that would be a type one civilization. It's yeah. capturing all of that teeny tiny sliver that passes by your planet. A type two would be able to build something like a Dyson sphere that surrounded okay. an entire star and harnessed and all harness of the energy all that of that star. star. Of that star. Mm-hmm. And then type three is moving on to harnessing the energy of the galaxy. Black holes that yes. are at the center of the galaxy, yep. of the entire galaxy. Yep. Yeah, colossal, colossal scale. Sweet. We're almost there. Yeah. Uh, you know, no. one thing, and I might, <laughs> this might come up again later, or at least it comes up on a scale of things. Is that a long ways away? Sure. But, you know, what they kind of reference it to is in 100 years, we went from horse and buggy to the moon. Right. And so, you know, if there's if there are planets out there that have been, you know, intelligent life for, you know, we made that progress in 100 years. If there's planets out there that have, that have been intelligent for a thousand more years, a million more years, three billion more years. Right. It could, it could, it's very feasible that they are that advanced. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, technology kind of works as a hockey stick as you, uh, it's, it's exponential, right? As you build a faster computer, you can use can that use it, computing yep. power to build faster. And I think we've mentioned Moore's <laughs> Law where, you know, processing power doubles every so yep. often and it's very short. Uh, and you can see, you know, the, the cell phone you've got in your pocket is more powerful than the, than the processor that was on the, the you know, Apollo yes, missions. Yeah. So again, you know, so uh, with a universe so incredibly old with so very many possibilities of Earth-like planets and the possibility of becoming the different types of civilizations, let me ask you again something, Travis. Where is everybody? Bomb, bomb, bomb. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's where we're going to introduce sort of the third big topic of um, of this podcast. So we kind of were – there are a lot of things up in the air. There's the Fermi paradox, yep. which is the whole idea that there's all this probability, you know, yeah. uh, assuming a lot of things, but there's seems to be a lot of potential for intelligent species to right there, arise right, in the universe. And let me right throw that in because uh, in this article they say – Continuing to speculate, one percent of if if one percent of intelligent life survives long enough to become potentially galaxy colonizing type three civilizations, our calculations suggest um, from the above numbers that there should be at least one thousand type three civilizations in our galaxy able to colonize. Our which galaxy. which you would assume type three galactic level, you would pretty much know about it. We'd know about them. Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> we've got. Fermi's paradox, and Fermi's we've got paradox. the Kardashev scale, which remember we're you know we're asking, okay, where are we at? We're not even let yet at type yeah. one. Yeah. What uh, what about getting beyond that to type two or three or whatever? Um, well, there are things that may prevent, uh, in much higher proportion, species from getting to those higher yeah. types of planets. And so uh, this this gets to yeah, and this gets to explaining the, the theories explaining why there's nobody out there. That's right. We've kind of figured out that there isn't, or we, we're not finding anybody, mm-hmm. even though we should, based mm-hmm. off of statistics. So now we started getting to why. Mm-hmm. So we've theory. talked about there should be a lot of people out there, yep. is our current understanding. There should be these much higher advanced types of civilizations, according yes. to you know Kardashev. So why not? One of those <sighs> theories is called the Great Filter. 
And this encompasses a lot of the, the theories to where people are. This one is pretty big. Yeah, the the whole, the ideas, you know, the answer to the question, where is everybody, is yeah. real humbling from a human perspective because it goes, you know, it says either we've been through a whole lot or we've got to go through a whole <laughs> lot uh-huh. uh, in our future. Yeah. And we'll discuss which of those we're at. Maybe. All right. So the Great Filter is basically... Uh, it's some level of advancing a civilization that is extremely difficult, way more difficult than we have assumed it to be, yep. uh, either from our past or from uh, the fact that we don't observe any higher level civilizations out there. So we'll go through these real fast. There's nine things, uh, according to some scientists, uh, nine steps in the Great Filter, yep. and we're not sure if... We are rare because we've already passed the Great Filter, as in if we've already, you know, been through what most civilizations will stop at. We'll never make it through, yeah. That's right. Or if it's in the future in front of us. Uh, So the nine things are the right star system. So that's basically, you know, we assume it to be Earth-like planets, sun-like stars. That may not necessarily be the case, but the conditions have to be right. Yep. Uh, the second step is reproductive molecules emerging, uh, example, RNA. Uh-huh. And then you get into simple single cell life is the third. The fourth is uh, complex single cell life. So eukaryotic, uh, type organisms. And then you get, uh, sexual reproduction is fifth. Multi-cell life is sixth. You can kind of see, yep. uh, scaling up. And then seven is tool using animals with big brains. Eight is basically where we are now with some level of technology, harnessing energy. And then that ninth and final one is colonization explosion, which basically once we figure out how to leave Earth and put down roots on another planet, we're unstoppable, right? Uh, Or at least so the theory goes. So one of those steps, uh, or maybe one that we don't know about, Uh or maybe multiple of these are things that are way less likely than we've estimated them to be. And that's one and, theory for why we don't see any higher civilizations. And, yeah, and each of these each of these steps are filtering out civilizations from getting any farther. Um, one thing that one thing that they talk about is that the Great Filter was at the is at the very very beginning, and it might be incredibly unusual for life to begin at all mm-hmm. for that the right star system for just for the molecules to even begin. Right. Personally, I am privy to that theory yeah. um, as somebody who you know intelligent design. Yeah. It, Science in its current form, you know, we can see or there are theories for how we basically go from, uh, you know, the right environment or from uh, RNA to complex life. There are at least theories for that, you know. Um, And we have theories on how we can begin this colonization. We're already starting to talk about that at a simple Mm -hmm. level. But we can't answer where (laughs) it first started. Yeah. Uh, And so... Maybe it's overly optimistic, but in my opinion, I think that we're past it, and I think that. Uh, yeah, know. I I think I think uh, uh, and and there, correct me if I'm wrong, but there could be more than one great filter throughout That's the right. throughout the throughout the whole thing. I think I think although we could find you know a lot of Earth-like planets, I think it's far more rare just because they're Earth-like does not by any stretch mean that they're going to be capable of creating right things. kind of um, that anthropic principle right like yeah and, we, we think everything's centered around us but it yeah, doesn't necessarily have yeah. to be and and with understanding that it's not a scientific um paper and all this kind of stuff it, it makes me think of like interstellar mm-hmm. where they found what looked like could be the perfect earth-like planets and they're just 
They're just not pretty, pretty meh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, so one of them is great filter be at the beginning. It's very, it's very rare for us to get through it. One thing that, and I, I don't know if we want to bounce around or going to go through here, but I've heard the great filter referred to multiple times in a different podcast I read to, I listen to called a uh, hardcore history. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, he does a great job on it. And, he referred to it a number of times in the World War One podcast, right? Talking about that's that could be one of the filters. The civilizations get to the point to where they're they're fighting and there's war, and they basically and we've it's been talked about how many times we're, we're going to nuke our, nuke ourselves out and right. destroy our own exactly. And so you have to get past that filter of of fighting. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, technology, and that's another one of these theories is is where you're leading into is that the great filter is not behind us, is that the great <laughs> filter is ahead of us, uh-huh. and uh, we've got a lot to fear. <clears throat> And there's a lot of logical credence to that. You know, yeah. you look at, uh, you know, f- when the atom bomb was built for the first time, we had the capacity to easily and end I, all yes. life on the planet, yep. all human life on the planet. Yeah. Uh, and that's a dangerous thing to have. Uh-huh. And if and a few wrong things slips there, could have been a could have been the filter for us. Exactly. Um, another one, another one that they talk about the filter is that simply that we're first. Why have we not found anybody else? Because we were the first to actually get through that um that filter, and we're waiting for others to catch up. And so we're just simply, we haven't seen anybody else because we're simply the smartest people in the universe. There you go. <laughs> I that's, like that one. That's a scary thought. <laughs> someday, scary... someday some lesser civilization is going to stumble on this <laughs> They're podcast. actually like looking upon us. They're going to be like, those guys were gods. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? I, mean, I, don't wanna, I didn't say it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so on this one where, you know, any of these ideas that focus on the great filter, um, So many people have said, uh, one of them is Oxford University professor uh, Nick Bostrom, (laughs) basically says that no news is good news when we're looking for life on other planets. So if we go to Mars and we find evidence of uh, complex single-cell life, number four on the, the current list of the Great Filter... Uh, that's bad because it means you know the likelihood isn't there. There should be if we're past the great filter, there should not be obvious signs of life on any other planets. Huh. So if we go to Mars and we find <clears throat> complex single cell life evidence, yeah. we know shoot, they don't have you know they don't have animals capable capable of sexual reproduction. Yeah. So maybe that's the filter. But the farther you can observe, the less it means about you. Okay. If that makes any sense. Yeah. So the worst possible thing we could find in one aspect or in one perspective is evidence of life existing like we are now, but because, nothing further. Because that means we haven't hit the filter yet. Exactly. Yep. It means the filter is ahead of us more uh-huh. than likely. Huh. So. Great. Possibly no news <laughs> is good news. Yeah. Um, so, so at that point, um, as far as explanations of where people are, we kind of move on out from the, the filter, unless you have anything else on the great filter. Okay. Um, so then we move on to just logical reasons. So, well, or the explanation is there are intelligent civilizations out there, um, type two and type three. And what are some of the reasons why we have not heard from them? And there's a lot of reasons out there from pretty, pretty good ideas to pretty, uh, far out there ideas, Mm -hmm. far out there. Zoo, mm-hmm. <laughs> that we're being observed and yeah. that we don't. We're really in a cage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're yep. just all watching us because we're a bunch of dumb apes walking around <laughs> right. doing amazing things. Look at, <laughs> look at those people with their physical carbon-based existence. <laughs> exactly, pathetic. Yes. So one of the the weirdest ones is uh, let's see what it was called. Uh, we're made out of meat. Okay, and so what we're gonna do here is this is just an excerpt, and uh, we can link more to it if we find it. But um, 
we're going to read to you an excerpt of, of it's from the perspective of aliens mm-hmm. looking upon us. Mm-hmm. Okay, you so, can start it. Okay, all right. So, so Adam and I are playing the part of two <laughs> aliens who are tasked. Their job is to find intelligent life yes. among the galaxy. They're, yep. they're a search party, of and they have stumbled upon us. So, okay. So, looking at humans, they're made out of meat. 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 They're made out of meat. Meat. There's no doubt about it. We picked up several from different parts of the planet, took them aboard our recon vessels, and probed them all the way through. They're completely meat. Th- that's impossible. What about the radio signals? The messages from the- to the stars? They use the radio waves to talk, but the signals don't come from them. The signals come from machines. So so who made the machines? That's, that's who we want to contact, right? They made the machines. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Meat made the machines. That's ridiculous. How can meat make a machine? You're asking me to believe in sentient meat. I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. These creatures are the only sentient race in that sector, and they're made of meat. They actually do talk, then. They, they use words, ideas, concepts? Oh, yeah, except they do it with meat. I thought you just told me they used radio. They do, but what do you think's on the radio? Meat sounds. You know how when you, like, slap or flap meat, it makes a noise? They talk by flapping their meat at each other. They can even sing by squirting air through their meat. Oh, my God. <laughs> Singing meat. This is altogether too much. So, so what do you advise? Officially or unofficially? Both. Officially, we're required to contact, welcome, and log in any and all sentient races or multi-beings in this quadrant of the universe without prejudice, fear, or favor. Unofficially... I advise that we erase the records and forget the whole thing. I was hoping you would say that. It seems harsh, but there's a limit. Do we really want to make contact with meat? I agree 100%. What's there to say? Hello, meat. How's it going? And scene. <laughs> See, that was amazing. We should be voice actors. We should have had our wives come and do that. They would have, they would have been all about it. Are there any alien females? Are they that intelligent? Man, Just I kidding. hope so. because. <laughs> What am I living for if there aren't? <laughs> exactly. That's true. My favorite part of that is they talk by slapping their meat <laughs> right. to each other. But, oh, boy. But if you think about it, it's it's actually kind of plausible, right? Yeah. I mean, so what if what if the aliens out there, the type 2 or type 3, are not, not uh, carbon-based? Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. something different. And, and you think, what's one of the limiting factors in us exploring? We have to build these complex ships and suits. To keep us alive. If we, you know, if we didn't need that, if you could just catapult somebody into yeah. space and let them go... We'd be a lot farther than we are now. Yeah, if we were all, uh, what is it, the type of bear? So what if we were all water bears? I'm. Not, what is a water bear? <laughs> water bear is a is like half a millimeter. It's a tiny animal, uh-huh. tiny creature that is the only creature known to be able to survive the vacuum of space. Uh-huh. It can live in space. It can live in like volcanic things underneath the ground and insane oh, okay. temperatures e- extremophiles it's yeah. one of those guys yeah. okay yeah all right so maybe 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 the water bear is just waiting for us to hit the filter gotcha and the water bear is like we're up next humans <laughs> get out Here of the way go. look those up they are creepy looking huh all right anyways very good very good <laughs> So um, the meat idea uh, we wanted to start getting into some of the other ones yeah let's go for reasons. it reasons um Super intelligent life could have very well existed on Earth, but it was just it was here a long time ago. It was mm-hmm. here before us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when you think about uh, traveling around the galaxy, at least our current understanding of you know relativity and, and the speed of light being a speed limit, um, you can't keep your you know magnifying glass on yeah. every planet all the time uh-huh. if you're an advanced civilization. Maybe yeah. maybe that's something we don't understand, but it certainly seems likely that 
you know, maybe they just missed us yeah. that first time around. Well, and that wraps into this other one where um, basically the the universe is the galaxy is colonized. We're just in we're just in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, that's kind of referenced in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Okay. Um, when shoot, it's been too long since I've read it. What's the main character's name? I'm thinking Winston Smith, but that's uh, that's 1984. Know. I never actually read it. <laughs> um, <laughs> The first one's good. The sequel's okay. not as good. Yeah. Yeah. The movie? first one. The first one. No, I never saw the movie. Oh, okay. The first book, H H two G two. Okay. You like blaze through it, and then I got like a quarter of the way through the next one and just died. Terrible. Yeah. You hit the filter. Yeah, I did. That's right, <laughs> Douglas Adams filter. Um. Yeah, but but basically, uh, you know, a, a human, a regular human, is kind of kidnapped from his planet right yeah. before it's demolished to make way for an interspace highway. Yes. And he's like, my planets being demolished for an interspace highway you know what's the story with that and he's like well you had plenty of opportunity to attend the you know galactic council and, and put in your you just uh, didn't do it yeah so yeah kind of we're the we're the rednecks of the galaxy yeah we're just out in the middle desolate rural area of the galaxy nobody wants to see us mm-hmm. um another one is um the entire concept of physical colonization is hilariously backward to a more advanced species. Mm-hmm. And I think you can kind of see some of that too. Um, you know, we are starting to look, even before we're type one, yeah. uh, we're starting to look at nano things and yeah. making things smaller. And we're talking about singularity and all those yep. kinds of things uh, that are more small and inward looking uh, as opposed to bigger and grander. Well, and it's, and it's assuming that the civilization is, is able to access all the power from its sun and has come up with ways maybe there's no disease there's no storms. Mm-hmm. You can control weather. Mm-hmm. You, there is no famine. There's, you know, and if, and if we have created such an amazing place, why do we want to colonize? If sure. we've, if we've taken it to, if we've taken our ability to uh, get rid of every issue, mm-hmm. why, why explore? Yep. Yeah. Maybe it's a nice backwater place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, next one they have is that there are greater civilizations out there. There just happens to be. Um, really scary predator civilizations out there that all the other intelligent um, level two and three are smart enough not to go mess with. So they stay home. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, you know, the video we played earlier, I guess the audio clip yeah. <laughs> that we played earlier from uh, Mishio Keiku kind of mentioned yeah. that like the, uh, the Borg, the, yeah, the Borg and the aliens in independence day yeah. who are basically parasites. They go, yeah. Oh, you've got a nice planet. Uh-huh. We've got bigger guns. Yeah. We'll take that. And then go on to the next We've one. We've got Will Smith. Luckily, we've got Will Smith. That's our trump card. Oh, man. As soon as he dies, we have no hope of getting through Jayden. the great filter. We have Jaden, and that's not good. Yeah, he's, he's terrible. Anyways. Um, and then the other one right along with that is that there's a super predator out there, civilization, that any time a civilization gets to a certain extent, um, they kill him. They just squish him. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to grab the next one? Sure. Uh, another one, and we'll do a little bit more talking about this one later, is that there are advanced civilizations out there uh but we don't have the technology to pick them up yeah so we're gonna play another audio clip from mr dr keiku uh later on okay and basically uh basically though you know we scan single frequencies Mm -hmm. but uh you know even in our communication methods like the internet uh, you send a bundle of information that's reassembled on the other side so that if there's any interference in between um that you can reassemble it still you don't lose any data yeah and this is basically saying that by scanning one frequency, we're uh, ignoring the greater message. So yeah. we might hear what's noise, but if we scanned broadband frequencies, uh, piece together. we might get more, you know, coherent information. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll hit that a little more in a little bit. Um, <clears throat> I like this one. 
We're receiving contact from aliens where the government is hiding it. Yeah, I mean, what else explains the Denver airport? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's where they much. land their spaceships. I've those, seen videos. Those uh, rep- reptilians. <laughs> those reptoids. <laughs> reptoids. <laughs> oh, man. We already covered the zoo. And that pretty much... Um, we're completely wrong about reality. I don't know what all this one says, but I read a few about... Uh, like we've talked about before, we're in a, we're in a program. We're in yeah. a computer program. Sure. We just don't... We, don't, we haven't met any aliens because there are none because we're a simulation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Brutal. <laughs> it sucks. So uh, we'll we'll leave on a positive note, though. So <clears throat> Dr. Keku, who we've been talking about this, uh, you know, throughout this podcast, is uh, he's, he's pretty optimistic, I think, about the yeah. future of humanity. And here is the way he sees um, why we're not hearing any signals from other planets. Here's his take on where we're at. Um, and why we haven't seen evidence of higher civilizations. There is the famous Fermi paradox. That is, if there are extraterrestrial beings out there, then where are they? Well, take a look at this. Let's say we have an anthill in the middle of a forest. And right next to the anthill, they're building a 10-lane superhighway. And the question is, would the ants be able to communicate or understand what a 10-lane superhighway is? Would the ants be able to understand the technology, the intentions of beings building a 10-lane superhighway right next to the ants? So we're ants. Maybe so. Yeah. Maybe so. So, uh, you know, there's all these... The real thing is we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, we only have one case study to observe, but we're here, and that means we're observing, and we're doing okay as of right now. <laughs> I guess it depends on who you talk to and what news channel you watch. That's absolutely right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if we take an optimistic approach like uh, like Dr. KQ, yep. uh, then maybe they're out there. We just need to get their attention. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting that on the space. Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> no, I'm not going to play that. All right. Well, that is it for today. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, um, alternate proof, theories, pr- yeah. yeah, alternate theories, proof of alien life. If you've been abducted and they have poked your meat, please let us know. <laughs> what? It's <laughs> just it's good. It's relevant. It was clever. Yeah, it's good. If you flapped your meat at them and they didn't understand you, <laughs> let us know, and uh, we would be we'd love to have you on the show to talk about your experience. Maybe from a safe distance. <laughs> Watch your meat too close. <laughs> oh boy, I'll cut that out. Anyway, not all of it. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thanks for listening. Let us know if you have any ideas for our next one. Cause we have no idea what to talk about next. Yeah, we've we've kind of exhausted our list for now. Huh? We've hit our filter. Dude, we did we did good work. Good work. <laughs> All right. See ya. I wouldn't meet you cuz you're so tough. It was a one like one horn flying purple people. One like one horn flying purple people. One like one horn flying purple people. You sure look strange to me. I said, Mr. Purple People Leader, what's your line? He said, I eat purple people and it sure is fine. But that's not the reason that I came to land. I want to get a job in a rock and roll band. Well, bless my soul, rock and roll, flying purple people leader, pigeon toad, undercoat, flying purple.